welcome one of the lady cricketers, Annika Bosch. Annika, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Louis. Thank you so much for having me. Much nicer talking to one of the ladies than talking to the guys. I must be honest with you, because we don't get a chance to speak to the ladies often. Take us back to where it all began for you. Sure. Uh, It began quite a long time ago. I think primary school days. um, Yeah, probably when I was 10 or 11 years old, I started playing with some of the boys at school. Initially, just started with in break times at school. We'll join the, the boys playing cricket, rugby whatever they're playing, <laughs> um, I would join them. And then, yeah, I played a bunch of different sports during primary school and high school. And uh, somehow cricket just kind of stuck with me and I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, then in, from high school, I played under-19 um, for border. I think from, like, 2007 to 2011. And then went to university in Bloemfontein and I played for... Well, free state for a while, but I also was quite serious about Nepal. So I tried managing both, um, but it didn't work out quite well. <laughs> I'd say Nepal was um, actually my first love. Or in school, it was my first love. And then I think after school, the love for cricket grew a bit more. And I yeah, realized that I wanted to take that more seriously. It's interesting that you started playing with the guys when you were at school, because I guess at that time, almost 30 years ago or less than that obviously when you were at school uh ladies <laughs> yeah. sport and ladies cricket was as you say it was either netball or maybe tennis you know things like cricket, yeah. soccer and whatever were not really what the girls played yeah no it was like i said i had to join the boys team in primary school it was actually me and one other girl one of my friends in school that also played cricket or also enjoyed cricket so we joined the boys team um but I think that was still like, was it Baker's mini cricket? Yeah. yeah, something like that. So we started off with that, with the boys. And yeah, it was kind of a weird thing, I think, for the boys and the boys' parents and maybe our parents and our friends. Like, I think it was a bit strange at the time. I think it's more accepted now or you see it more often now. Or if I went to like cricket shops or I needed shoes or pads or bats or gloves or whatever I was looking around at it and I would be so like shy to say it's for me I would say it's like for my little brother or <laughs> or I don't know someone else because I just felt like people didn't take it seriously at the time or they would it's it's too strange if if it's a girl buying these things um but yeah I think t- times have changed a lot now thankfully yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at you now. I mean, look at ladies cricket in South Africa. Look at ladies cricket around the world. I mean, it has developed and it has just blossomed, which is so fantastic. Uh, you obviously grew up in East London, around the border region, I presume. Buffalo Park must have been yeah. the ground you went and watched and played at. Uh, very picturesque, very family and homely ground. I guess that also helped in promoting the game for somebody like you and obviously for a family lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. I remember going to um, some of the men's games there with family and with my dad and with friends. Um, That's part of where the love for it started and um, how it grew on me. And yeah, the the people at at Border Cricket were always very welcoming and friendly and um, yeah, always wanted to help out or make plans to to help in any way that they can. Um, Yeah, it's a very... 
like you said, homely and friendly environment and family friendly, I would say. <laughs> I know I know there's not a lot of money compared to men's game at the moment, but did you ever think when you were younger at school, at high school, that you might actually make a few rand out of playing cricket or was it just you'd thought it was an amateur sport for you and you'd be lucky if you got into a ladies' team and if you had to play with the boys, well, so be it. Yeah, no, I never um, imagined that it could actually be a career or like you could actually earn some money from it. Um, I think at the time, obviously when I started with it and through high school and even a little bit after high school, it was definitely more like just a, a hobby and and something you think you'll only do until you finish studying or um, you know, like it won't be something you can do after you study because you have to go and earn money somewhere or somehow. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it would be as as it is now. Um, so yeah, like really grateful for that and thankful that we can now kind of make a living of it and and earn money and we don't have to have another job or um, still worry about. Yeah, like working and playing and training and all those things together. So that's, yeah, really exciting. And I think when I was younger and I heard about the national contracts um, coming out, that was like you knew there is a chance of that, of you maybe becoming nationally contracted and um, then you can make a living from it. Um, But you knew like the chances are small because I think at the time there were six contracts and then they extended it to a little bit more and, and more as where it is today. But yeah, it was still such a small chance of getting in. So you had to have a work as a backup or something as a backup because out of all the girls playing cricket in the country, the chance of you getting that national contract obviously is quite small. You have to be really good, I guess. Like, And you don't have a guarantee when you're younger that you will be one of those. So now with the provincial contracts and the professional domestic league, I think it's so good definitely for women's cricket in the country. and. I wish I was like 10 years younger. <laughs> you can come out of school or varsity and just you can actually make a career out of it and a living out of playing cricket. I think that's really cool and exciting and definitely a big step forward for us. Annika, would you agree with me if I say that all of the things you've mentioned right now, including the financial benefits and all the rest of it, pale into insignificance by virtue of the fact that you now have respect as female cricketers? Yes. Hopefully... Before that, we also had, um, I don't think probably as much because no one saw it actually as a professional sport unless you are now in the national team or nationally contracted. So I guess in that way, people will maybe take it more seriously. Hopefully we'll get like more exposure and more people actually interested in the sport or in women's cricket and actually, and even our domestic games and um, leagues that people will hopefully support that more and realize that yeah, it is like a professional sport and something that can and should be respected. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you feel a lot's changed since the World Cup here in South Africa when the girls did so well? Well, with the professional domestic league, definitely, yes. I don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for the World Cup um, or if we didn't do so well in the World Cup. I would say smaller things or like more people actually recognize you um, <laughs> or... People will go for a living and you'll tell them, no, you play cricket. And they're like, oh, yeah, they saw the World Cup and that was so cool and so exciting. And like, I think more people took note or recognized cricket, women's cricket in the country now, whereas before the World Cup, I think most people would still 
if you tell them you play cricket, they're like, oh, South Africa is a ladies team. Like, they'll be so surprised mm-hmm. and they wouldn't even know the team exists where I think now more people are aware of it and more people want to watch it and, like, be a part of it and, yeah, support it. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, now you're talking about the domestic league and, of course, uh, you're involved with the Fidelity ADT Titans. But let's go back. I mean, you started at Border, then went to the Free State, then to the Northwest, then you were in Brisbane. And now Pretoria. Wow, that's a vicious circle of different places that you've gone to. Yeah, um, I've been jumping around, traveling quite a lot, I would say. Um, but the main reasons for that was studies. And um, yeah, so I grew up in East London, went to school there. So I played for Border. Then I went to study in Bloemfontein, played for Free State. Then I finished my studies or I did another year in Poch. So I played for Northwest. Then I worked in northwest in Clarkstore. so i worked there after i studied and that's why i played for northwest for quite a while and when you were growing up who were your heroes cricket wise um i remember reading an article about minion de priya once in the magazine and ever since then i kind of looked up to her and yeah being an all-rounder i always looked up to madison cup and from the men's side i would say A.B. de Villiers and, like, Virat Kohli. <laughs> Not too bad, A.B. and Virat. I mean, two pretty decent cricketers, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and particularly, I suppose you might even bump into A.B. around uh, the Titans dressing room or around the ground or wherever. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I guess if you can model yourself betting particularly on somebody like A.B. or Virat Kohli, you can only do really, really well for you. Let's talk about your your performances, if we may, um, in terms of being an all-rounder. I guess... Uh, were you one who always wanted to bat and always wanted to bowl when you were playing in the back garden? Um, I think I wanted to bat more often, though. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think when you played in the back garden or at school or, yeah, with your cousins or friends, like, you, I just wanted to bat. Like, I wasn't too worried about the bowling. And, yeah, eventually I think it grew on me, I think, from under 19 days and school cricket. Yeah, I think I started enjoying the bowling a bit more and, I think initially when I got chosen for for the SA team, I think my first tour was to Australia in 2016. I was actually chosen as a bowling all-rounder. Like bowling was my main skill and batting was second skill. Um, so for quite a few years of my career, bowling was actually the, the main thing and then batting was just the extra. But somewhere in my career that, that changed and batting is now the first priority and what I enjoy most as well. Would you say that the success of particularly the Australian ladies cricket team has lifted everybody else to a higher level over the last maybe three or four years? Everybody has aspired to get to the level that they are at. And of course, we came very close to beating them in the final at Newlands a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think I think so. I think they've kind of set the the standard and the tone for women's cricket in the in the world. Everyone obviously wants to catch up with them and be on their level and kind of do what they do. And because obviously what they're doing is working. So I think it encourages other countries to kind of follow the example and do what they're doing. Their domestic structures and teams have been professional for a very long time. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's maybe where it all started for the rest of the world or other countries to also kind of professionalize women's cricket because you have to do that to keep up with them, to trying to compete with them and um, stay on that level. You kind of have to 
follow what they are doing because obviously it's working. And I mean, they started the the Big Bash League for the men and then for the women a couple of years after that. And ever since then, uh, WIPL, the CPL form and the 100, yeah, a bunch of other leagues in other countries. That's also started, I think, because of what Australia has done with the Big Bash for women. So they've obviously been good for Australian girls, but I think for world cricket, they've also been really good and, like I said, set an example for all the other countries, um, kind of to how to go about it and how to be the best in the world. And we still want to beat them, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Of course we do. I mean, <laughs> definitely. It's, it's... All of us, we all we just want to beat the Australians, whatever we do. Rugby, yeah, the um, New Zealanders, and in cricket, we want to beat the Australians. Talking to Annika, who you guys have been training, you've been in camp. How have things been going over the last couple of weeks? Are you ready to get the season underway? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think everyone is really excited for the season to start. It's been a while now that since we played domestic cricket, so... And kind of, I think everyone had a month off after the last game or six weeks off. And then it was just, you know, off-season training and all of that. So we've been training for quite a while now, but no matches yet. So I think everyone's just keen for the for the games to start and for the season to start and to compete against other provinces. Yeah, but like I said, the team, I think, is a really good bunch of goals. We get along well. Um, everyone's like very supportive of each other and yeah it's just a for me from what I've seen and what I've been part of it just feels like a really good environment to play in. So let's just go back if we may um, it would be remiss of me not to discuss that World Cup here in South Africa. Were you surprised <laughs> at how the support grew and grew and the size of the crowds that you had especially when it got to the final and the support the love from other people, the likes of Sia Colisi and everybody else who got so behind the girls. Yeah, no, that was really special. And I did not expect that. I don't think any of us in the team expected that. Usually when we play cricket in South Africa against another country, it'll be our family members and some of our friends watching. Like there'll be like random groups of people in the crowd that you can't even hear them actually like... <laughs> So yeah. we've never had a lot of support even when we play in South Africa. Um, we play in front of big crowds in like India and England and other countries, but never in our own country. So I think we were used to the big crowds, but not used to the fact that the crowd is there for us. <laughs> and it's like our people and South Africans and they, they're supporting us and not the opposition. So that was something we weren't used to. I think before that first game, we were stressing a little bit about the fact that they might not be in a lot of supporters <laughs> and yes. there's been such a big fuss made around the World Cup and they've advertised it everywhere and there was such a big build up to it. So we were kind of like saying, no, or, or what if no one shows up? What if it's like an empty crowd yeah. and it's the opening game of World Cup? Or, um, but yeah, obviously it was definitely not the case. And I think we let a bit of a shock in that first game with the amount of people that, that was there and that, that came to support us. Like I said, we haven't experienced that in South Africa before. So, um, yeah, it's been really cool. And like you said, Siakulisi being there and um, after the games where people, adults, children, boys, girls will just stand at the dugouts or where we walk into the change room and they'll just want autographs and pictures and or they'll ask you for your cap or something. So, yeah, that was that was really special. And to see the amount of support that, that was out there and that people actually came through for the games. And I mean... For all of our games, even after we lost 
the opening game, like which we were expected to win. Yeah, I, I think after that we were like, okay, now the people's not gonna come anymore. <laughs> but still, they came out and they packed the stadiums and they were like fully behind us. So that was really, really special. And that's probably a massive factor in that semi-final. What actually helped us get through that. When you look at the success of the tournament, you, I never like to talk about a lady's age. That's why earlier on I just said 30 years ago because it just sounded easier than to say how old you were. Um, but Annika, when you look at the success of the tournament and you are one of the more experienced players, if you like, in South African cricket, have we done enough after the World Cup to keep the interest going, do you think? And if we haven't, what can we do? And if we have, obviously, fantastic. Tough question. I think you can always do more. They can always do something better or something more. I think it would have been great, but that's not in our hands, as far as I know. But it would have been great if there was um, a tour for our schedule just after the World Cup, where another country came to play us in South Africa, where everyone is still, you know, talking about the World Cup and still talking about women's cricket. And yeah, still like, they just saw what happened and they so they would still want to come out and support us for that tour um it was still fresh in everyone's minds i think that would have been great if we could do that or even domestically if we had more cricket from the world cup up until now um in the domestic structures that would also be good i think just to keep people kind of aware of women's cricket and into it and whether they would want to come and support even the domestic games because they just saw what happened at the world cup so yeah i think something like that would have been good just more games and more exposure for for women's cricket after what happened i know like for a month or or so after the world cup it was still quite oh like big and everyone was talking about it and it was interviews and tv shows and um bunch of things going on but and maybe stuff like that could have gone on for a little bit longer or like i said just just more games even if it's just domestically then to advertise our domestic games better maybe because I mean, no one ever knows when we actually play or unless you're following Figure South Africa on social media. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, like the support we have at domestic games is, like I said, the same. It's one or two of our friends or whatever that comes and watches it. Yeah. So it's a handful of people there. Um, I think if that can just be exposed more or get more attention or media attention or, yeah, just more support. But like I said, if it was straight off the World Cup, people would have been more aware of women's cricket and maybe more keen to support the domestic games when now there's such a big gap. So I'm not so sure if people will still remember about the World Cup. But (laughs) yeah, hopefully when the domestic season starts and now that it's professionalized and like you said, maybe there'll be more respect and people will take it more seriously that we'll have more support. Annika, I will give you a little bit of advice, if I may. We will never, ever forget about cricket World (laughs) Cups in this country because we have tried since 1992 when we were at the first world cup which i was at right up until the world cup that you girls played in including the one coming up in a couple of months time Mm. we still haven't won a world cup and i think until we win a world cup we're going to remember all the times we lost out in a (laughs) semi-final at all the world cups absolutely now just talking about the girls um couple of retirements from international cricket after the tournament I guess that often happens what would your advice now be to young up-and-coming girls who are in the situation you were in when you were at school and didn't have the opportunities that they are available for them now yeah well I would say it it's real now as like if I can say that like 
you can actually make a career out of it and a living out of it. And it's not just something you have to do on the side or something you have to do as a hobby. And yeah, like the sky's the limit and you can, opportunities will, will come up anyway and everywhere and to anyone. And if you really love the sport and if you have a passion for it, you should never stop doing it, I think. And with the professional league now, that just kind of helps you to, to never have to stop doing it. Yeah, opportunities can come your way anytime. I think a year ago or two years ago, I would have even thought, okay, well, so many set players in the team. I'm never really going to get a chance because of all the players that's been there for so many years. And But then on the string, they all just retired so quickly and it made more opportunities for the rest of us or like, um, yeah, the fringe players. So sometimes it, it looks like there's no chance or you won't get opportunities or things won't go your way. But eventually... I think if if you stick to it and you stick through all the difficult times, you'll be successful. And I, I guess if I may add, hard work is rewarded. Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. It doesn't just come easily. We watch you guys and we see you play and you're under the lights and you're wearing all the cluttered clothing and whatever. Um, but I know before this interview, you were in the nets and you were training and you were practicing and you most probably spend more time practicing than what you actually do play. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's definitely hard work and a lot of dedication and a lot of challenges that comes along the way. It's not always easy or not always smooth sailing. Or I think sometimes people from the outside will think that everything just happens nicely and easily. And, you know, it's like, I don't know, an easy life or something. Yeah. But it, it is a lot of hard work and a lot of, like I said, sacrifices dedication a lot of behind the scenes work that people don't always know about or see and yeah cricket is is such a cruel game sometimes I wonder why we like it so much because you can train like you said way more than you ever play and you can do everything right and then you get to a game and you know cricket is a funny game you can be in the form of your life and then you get a scream of a ball or you get unlucky somehow or you get a bad umpire's decision against you and you get like two or three ducks in a row and it feels like the world is coming to an end <laughs> but like um yeah it's definitely a lot of hard work and discipline and it's actually mentally very can be a very draining sport so you have to be quite strong mentally and i guess i'll say sitting with your pads on waiting to get out to mm -hmm. bat in a world cup final and not getting a chance to walk out there is just part of the game eh? yeah <laughs> yeah nothing you can do about that but then you've been um working yourself up for more than an hour and you didn't actually need to yeah. <laughs> But Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's part of the game. And then what about Red Bull cricket? I mean, I know you've played one test match. I guess I know almost every cricketer I've ever spoken to wants to play the longer format of the game. I presume you also in that same boat would love to play a longer cricket with red balls and white clothing? Yes, definitely. Like you said, I've only played that one test, but I've always wanted to play it. And then after that, I just wanted to play it even more because <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah. it. And I enjoy watching it as well. But yeah, hopefully we'll get more opportunities for that. And hopefully that is something that they can bring into our domestic structures as well. Because we had one camp before our test match against England. Then the camp focused on the longer format. But it was like a 10 days camp. And that was the only longer format training we had or time we spent on Red Bull cricket um, before that test against England. So we never focus on it. We never really train for it or work on it. We never play it at home domestically um so hopefully that'll be something that we can do more of i really enjoy the test cricket the red ball cricket part of things like Lovely. that's such a challenge and 
a challenge in so many different ways and it's like four or five days long and yeah it's just it's just really a test <laughs> and it's a really cool challenge and Annika it's been really cool chatting to you thank you so much for <laughs> Opening up, discussing with us what's going on, your season with the Fidelity ADT Titans coming up. We wish you all the best for the season, not just with the Titans, but also with the Proteas. And come on, we've got to beat Australia. Annika, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> Anyone that plays against Australia, I, like, I'm like i rooting for them. Um, <laughs> but hopefully it would be, be us now that can yeah, surprise them a little bit. <laughs> Bring it home. Annika Bosch, it's been a fantastic pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much.